What just happened? Welcome to the KNA Football Podcast. Today, Austin and I will be recapping the week seven games of the NFL season. There was a lot of, I guess, wildness is the only word you can use to describe this week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be here, chill, talk about the games. In case you missed anything going into next week, we're here to get you caught up to speed. Should be a fun time. This is KNA Football. Well, Austin, we're now seven weeks done with the NFL season, barring tonight's game, but right, it was a crazy week, to say the least. Yeah, it was a little crazy, I'm not going to lie, uh, especially down in the uh, NFC South. It was. That went a we will crazy. get to we'll, that we'll in get a little there bit, eventually. but rejuvenated a lot of hope for certain fans. We'll, we'll say that. Certain fans. Tune in. Just, just stay, keep listening. You'll, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Don't worry. But I mean, I, I, just aside from that, I mean, there was a lot of, I mean, crazy games. I mean, it was just. Yeah. I mean, that's what this NFL season is. It's just, it's not chalk. It's like you don't know what to expect. Anything can happen any given week. The good teams are bad. The bad teams are good. I mean, yeah. And the teams that are mid just continue to be mid. Yeah. And then under performing and then exceeding expectations at random moments. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so amazing about uh, NFL. I mean, you see the other sports like the NBA and the MLB, and you've got the same three teams every single year who are just, they run the league and that's it. And you know the teams are going to be awful every year. And it's like, okay, like what's the point of watching, you know? But then you got the NFL and you got these teams that are so dominant, and then you're like, oh, they're going to run the league. And then you got teams like Packers, Bucks, and now they're terrible. And then you got teams like Giants and Jets who are like, awful for so year, so many years and now they're up there and one of the better teams in the league so it, yeah i mean i love it it's exciting yeah yeah but without further ado let's jump into the picks the k and a week recap debbie's gonna hate me for that one yeah all right the Re- week, recap. yeah Not the, the weekly recap my weekly bad recap. my bad there debbie um, so we already talked about this Thursday night game, the Saints losing a close high-scoring game to the Cardinals, so yeah. we don't really need to talk too much more about that one for time yeah, purposes. Yeah, it still makes me sad. Yeah, so we'll jump in right into yesterday's games. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh we're, we're oh, back to oh, the double-click. Oh, everything. Oh, every every no. Monday, Debbie has to work her his other job. Her, so. Yeah. Because this one doesn't make enough money, right? So you know, you guys should. Why you should donate? (laughs) You should donate (laughs) the K and A football podcast so Debbie could quit his job. Yeah, so it might be it might just be a Monday weekly thing where the picks just like skip every week because Micah's, you know, or I meant Sue Sue Ellen. Ellen. Sue Ellen, just name reveal, name drop. (laughs) That's her middle name. All right, here we'll go into the real picks now. So, Browns Ravens. You can talk about it. Yeah, I know, I'll, I'll I know you're a little upset about something, but... I mean, Did we have the it. clip for this one, Sue Ellen? Uh, you talk about it, I'll pull it up right while you're talking. Okay. So, basically, this game was substantially closer than I thought it was going to be. I think everyone... I'm knows. not going to lie. I know that I had picked the Browns to win solely out of... I like the Browns. <laughs> uh, there was no real reason for the Browns to even make this game close. 
there was no reason that the Ravens like should have ever had a drop of sweat on their forehead about this game. But you know, the Browns came out swinging, scored early. The Ravens slow start, slow finish. Overall, I like come halftime, my dad comes in from raking the leaves and he goes, "Oh, it's a game." Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of shocking, honestly. Uh I was surprised Jacoby Brissett was actually playing well again. I don't know why some weeks he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play like a, I should start. And other weeks he's like, oh, that's right, I'm a backup. <laughs> it's just kind of weird the times that he decides to be good. But I'm not going to complain. Um, Nick Chubb is still fantastic. He wasn't super active, but on the runs that he had, they were good, they were powerful, and they made the Ravens respect the run game, which opened up play action passes. Um, overall, I can't be too mad about this game. Yeah. Like you said, the Browns shouldn't have been in this game. I mean, they played... I mean, they should have. They played really well. They deserved. Right. Yeah. But, like, going into the game, everyone's like, this is going to be a blowout. I mean, the Browns have prog- progressively gotten worse as the season's gone on, and the Ravens... Yeah. Here's the play that you were talking about. Right. The Browns are one of these teams... I'll say it later. I'll say it in a second. Yeah, so... Okay, so yeah, you got this. This is the infamous play that's going to live in Browns fans' memory until next week. Um, we we seem that we seem to have a game losing play every single week, but this one was particularly bad because I was pretty sure we were playing the Ravens and not the Zebras. So, as you see, it's fourth and six, and we're forced to k- try to kick a game tying field goal right before the two minute warning. And there's a flag, and everyone just assumes that the Ravens jumped off sides because that's sure what it looked like. I mean, and so like literally. Even the announcers, like they were all like, oh, the Ravens jumped off sides. And then they cut to Jim Harbaugh and the Ravens, and they were like, oh, well, they're saying the Browns committed a false start. That could be really interesting which way it goes. Because if, if the Ravens jumped off sides, that gives the Browns a fourth and one with either a shorter field goal or potential to try for the first down, which Kevin Stefanski would probably do. Or it pushes the Browns back to where Cade York has to try a 61-yard field goal, which is pretty far as far as field goals go. <laughs> so... The refs huddle up. They decide, oh, what's going to happen? So um, you can fast forward a little bit. So they eventually rule that it was a false start on the offense, number 68. And then they show the replay. And you're like, well, what the heck did they call? Watch that replay. Because watch no the center. One, watch the center. The center puts his head down. You're allowed to put your head no, down the to center snap goes, the ball. The center goes, he, see, did you see that right there? But they didn't call it on the center. It doesn't, it, it, because since the center moved the ball, it causes the Ravens, and it just causes, they didn't it, it doesn't exactly matter. He put Ooh. his head down, like, to me, not right, a false you can, start. You can stop playing it. To me, not a false start. Hate the call. You um, can, and then, obviously, the kick got blocked, and so it... Yeah. I mean, I know whatever. that it doesn't, I know they didn't call it on the center, but the center does... I can't really move away from my mic. The center right. does go, and he does move the ball, which, I mean, that is... Think the, the snap's going, so the defense is going to react the second the ball is going because they're going to go try to block the kick and win the game. Right. So right when they see the ball flinch, they're moving, and when they move, it causes everyone to move. And so the refs are just like, I mean, they know it was on the Browns, but they just didn't. I mean, they didn't call it on the center. I don't know why, but the center did clearly move the ball. Sure, they might not have called it on the right dude, but he did move the ball, indicating false start. Overall, I think it's a terrible call, but I'm also a proponent that. One call in one play doesn't lose a game. There's obviously a lot of football that comes before that, and so there's a lot of opportunities to win or lose games before that. So overall, I can't be disappointed with the game because we made it a lot closer than it honestly should have been. 
still not happy because we could have tied it, maybe even won it. Who One knows? Thing I will say, um, they ended up moving the kick back a yard, so it's only seven yards away from the line instead of the eight that it's supposed to be, and that's a big reason why I got blocked. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a long field goal, so we had to really try to drive it instead of get it up. So obviously that's a big reason too why I got blocked, and you know, whatever. It's whatever. sad. Yeah. And now we're sitting at the bottom of the division. I mean, with the Steelers. Speaking of division, move to the next week. Oh, look Let's at this. Speak of that game ever again. We're never speaking of that one. Panthers, Bucks. I will say this myself. Every single NFL fan with half of a brain cell picked the Bucks to win this game, okay? No one gave the Panthers a, a, a tiny sliver of hope. Including yourself. Including myself, you know? But PJ Walker came out here, and he was slinging it. We ran it for 173 yards on the Bucks. The Bucks' offense hasn't looked good this season, but their defense is still... The, nothing's changed with their defense. Their defense is still great. It's been carrying them through all their games, especially their run defense. And we ran for 173 yards without Christian McCaffrey in our first game without McCaffrey. P.J. Walker, who was our fourth-string quarterback, came out here and threw. He completely outplayed Tom Brady in like every single aspect possible. He was one of the top-rated quarterbacks of Week 7. And the Panthers cruised to a 21-3 win. And I know I've said many times, like, oh, we are tanking for that first pick. And I'm not saying we are Super Bowl contenders or anything close. But if the Buccaneers... The Panthers are now 2-0 in their division. And the whole NFC South is below 500. If the Buccaneers lose on Thursday night to the Ravens, which we will pick later to, later this episode, if they lose to the Ravens on Thursday night, which is a very real possibility the way the Bucs have been playing all season, and we beat Atlanta, who is not as good as we said they were. They are struggling. We are sitting in sole first place of the NFC South. Granted, it would only be week 8. But the way this division is, it doesn't matter if you, how many, I mean, obviously it matters how many games you win, but like you can finish 500 and win this division. This is a historically bad division this year. Like, I don't know if I've seen a division this bad. Like NFC East a couple years ago was pretty bad, but this one is like different bad. Like (laughs) no, a single team might not finish above 500. So in looking ahead to our schedule, there is two games and the rest of the schedule that are like guaranteed L. I mean, granted, it could not be a guaranteed L. I mean, that's why this football season's crazy. But all the other games, they're winnable. You know, if we play like how we played yesterday, we could go, we could finish the season something in two. I don't know how many games are left, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey got traded and everyone's like, oh, well, tank season, me included. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey can't handicap your team. He's never going to hurt your team. But I think that with McCaffrey, the coaches were like, oh, we, are, we have one of the greatest running backs in the league. Let's give him the ball, obviously. Right. And the defenses knew that. And they're like, McCaffrey's their offense. Stop McCaffrey. Now they can do that. or I mean, they can't do that. And so now the, uh, our coaching has to get creative, like get DJ Moore the ball, get Terrace Marshall the ball, get run it with Chuba and Devon, Deontay Foreman. The defense had no idea what was coming at them. And DJ Moore had his greatest game of the season by far. Our tight end caught a touchdown, first time of the year. Chuba and 
Deontay Foreman ran insane. And our offensive line looked the greatest they have all season. That has nothing to do with McCaffrey, but just saying the offense looks like there is a very real chance that we could win this division about how, how bad it is. And I was saying last week, like I'm going to be mad if we win and sell our draft pick. This is a very deep quarterback draft class. And I know I sound like a night and day difference from last week to this week. I'm aware, but it's a very deep draft class. First of all, it's compared to like, this is being compared to like the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields draft where there's like five or four quarterbacks can go in the first round. They're all that good. So you go with the division this bad. You don't waste your defensive talent. They can carry you. And if you just have sustainable offensive play, you can go to the playoffs. So you do that, win this sad division, make the playoffs. That's good for the culture. And that has free agents looking like, Oh, this team, no quarterback. And they went and made the playoffs. Like, okay. Like, I'll, and it makes a coach like, oh, this team has fight. They have, like, let's go there. Make the playoffs. And then with all your new draft picks that you acquired for Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey and all your other ones, you can trade up in the draft to get a top two, top five pick, get your quarterback, or you sit in the first round and wait for someone like Hendon Hooker to fall and you draft him there. So, I mean, the season was, like, done for the Panthers. But now I'm back to, like, Sundays I'm so hyped for. We have something to play for because of how bad the division is. And you can't deny that we have a legit shot to win. This is why some NFL fans get depressed. It's because they go through these wild swings of emotion. One week they're saying, let's tank for the first pick. And other weeks they're saying, we have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. Us Browns fans, we have it easy. We always know that we're going to be bad. We always know that we're going to lose. We have hope, but we don't have expectations. This is why it's a much simpler life being a Browns fan, opposed to any other fan of any other team. All right, we'll see what happens next week. I'm really interested to see how it's going to turn out. I mean, they either get a high pick and get their quarterback, or they win this awful division and then trade for a quarterback. Like, up, trade up in the draft and get a quarterback. I mean, I have new hope. Bucks got to figure it out, and I don't think they will. They're trash. Tom Brady's washed. So oh, yeah, I forgot that we spent literally that entire like, stayed retired. five minute session on the Panthers. I don't even. You talked to the Browns, the Browns <laughs> for a minute. But we can jump into the next games. Tom Brady's washed. Bucks suck. Oh, oh my goodness. It's happening again. All right. Now, I, cur- or I incorrectly picked this game. I thought the Falcons were a better team than they were. That they w- than they were. Yeah. And they just got steamrolled. Yeah, he got bummed. There was nothing to do about this game. Bengals offense looks like the greatest offense in the league. Like, Joe Burrow threw for like every single yard that is possible in that game. They looked phenomenal in like every aspect. Towards the end of the first half, they kind of crumbled up a little bit and gave up some points, but they won 35-17. to 17. Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, like Jamar Chase just decided like, oh, wait a minute, that's right, I was... Like the best receiver last year. Let's do that again. And then T. Higgins finally actually had a game. Thank goodness. Finally started him in fantasy. Well, I think well, let me back let's backtrack. I think Jamar Chase said, Oh wait, Caden Summers just traded me away in fantasy. That's what let's it was. Let's have back to back twenty five plus point weeks. You're so right. Yeah. That's what it was. That's exactly did what that it was. Last week? I did say that. I said since I traded Jamar, now he's gonna go and be the greatest receiver in the league again. And what does he do? Back to back weeks, greatest receiver in the league. Yeah. Good th- thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jamar. Uh, yeah, so the Joe Burrow threw for like every yard 
humanly possible. Jamar Chase caught every yard humanly possible. <laughs> T. Higgins didn't do too bad himself. And the Bengals' offensive line finally looked like they spent $7 million on them. I mean, they did play the Falcons' defensive line, which is not good. That's true. This Falcons team, despite their handful of wins where you start to question whether or not they're actually bad, this is what we thought the Falcons were going to be, getting steamrolled by these teams. I mean, are the Bengals good? Maybe. I don't know. Did they finally find their groove? Maybe. Or did they just play the Falcons? <laughs> Who knows? I guess we'll find out next week. Stay tuned. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. All right. Dallas versus the Lions. Dak Prescott's return. Yep. And he didn't look great. He didn't. No. Um, he played pretty conservatively, which I think is probably for the best. Obviously, don't come out and start chucking 40-yard bombs when it's your first week back. Um, so he was playing real conservative. In the end, they got the win, and that's what matters. Um, but like you said, he didn't play fantastically. That's just... I don't know, I'm not hating on him, because it's his first week back. Broke his thumb. I get it. Would have been real awkward if they would have lost. Dude, I mean, like they were losing for a lot of this game. They were. And my dad looks yeah. at me and he goes, if they lose, there's going to be some real controversy. Crunt controversy in Dallas but I mean they pulled it out yeah. but I mean the Lions first three or four weeks of the season they they were the highest scoring offense in the league the only problem of, with them was their defense and now their offense just can't do anything I mean they yeah. Jared Goff looks like Jared Goff um, like, looks like Jared Goff was supposed to be and I mean they need DeAndre Swift back thankfully he should be back next week for the Lions but you're, what are you looking at? I was trying to see how many points Dallas defense got. Oh, I had them. Yeah, how many oh, did they 26. get? 26. I was, I was going to say, I think it was like 25, which is like I literally, literally just insane that the Cowboys defense would score 25 points. In they, their defense is a huge thing for their team. I mean, yeah, Cooper Rush played pretty well for them, and Dak played pretty well for them yesterday. But their defense has been the thing that's won them their games this season. I mean, holding a team like, I mean, holding any team to six points is incredible. And like their defense yeah. is keeping them in the games and holding teams to very low points. And their defense is scoring a lot of touchdowns too. Like they've had many weeks in a row with touchdowns on defense. Yeah, their defense is literally insane. I'm Micah Parsons, so unanimous, unanimous defensive player of the year. Just give him the award already. Give him the award now, barring like some injury that knocks I don't him out the think rest it, of the I don't think it matters. It's true. <laughs> Seven weeks. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Honestly, I'd I'd be excited if he won MVP. I don't think a, a defensive player is winning MVP. Oh, come on, yeah, it can happen eventually. Amos, my middle name. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious, Sue Ellen. Thank you. <laughs> All right. New York at Jags. New York Giants. I'm sorry. Specify. I'm sorry. There's like three New York teams. <laughs> Two of them have the name New York. Um, New York Giants at Jags. Um, this super good game. I'm not going to like... So like, I wasn't watching this game super intently because I was watching the Browns game. Um, Casual fan. Don't watch all the games. Crazy. I'm a fan of the Browns. Casual fan of the NFL. Bigger fan of the Browns. But during like commercial breaks for the Browns game, I'd flip around to the games. And this was one that I kept my eye on the whole time. And that they kept bouncing to um, during the Browns game. Because, like, I legitimately thought, like, holy cow, the Jaguars are about to win this game. Like, 
they were actually up for a decent amount of time. And I was like, dude, what's happening over in New York? Like, why? What's going on? And then Daniel Jones decided, oh, wait a minute. That's right. I want my contract at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. And so he started running around like Lamar Jackson again. And they ended up squeaking out another victory in classic New York Giants fashion this year. Seriously, man. I mean, no one would have predicted the Giants, the Giants to come out here and be 6-1. and one. But they are. Which is... I mean, it's not even like they're killing teams. They're doing what they need to do to win, which is complete coaching. Yeah. Brian Dable is... I, I can't believe how great of a coach he's been. I mean, Daniel Jones doesn't look much different. Their, their roster looks almost identical. But they're just... Night and day difference from the last five years to this year. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, the end of this game, the Jags had the ball and they were driving down the field. They were at like the 20 with three seconds left in the game or whatever. And they go, Trevor Lawrence throws it. Their receiver, I think it was Christian Kirk, caught it at the one-yard line with no time left. And he's fighting to get in the end zone. And there was like three Giants right there. And they kept him at the one. Goal line stand for the win. Like, incredible game. But, I mean, the Giants, man. Outdoing everyone's expectations yeah. by mile. Yeah. We were like the worst team in the league for sure. I feel bad for two groups of people with Giants being 6-1. and one. First one being Pete Carroll. Because I think that if Brian Dable wasn't doing such a stellar job in New York, Pete mm-hmm. Carroll would win Coach of the Year with what he's been able to do with that roster in Seattle. But because Brian Dable's been able to do what he's done, He's going to get coach of the year, undoubtedly, even if they tank the rest of the year. 100%. Second group I feel bad for is New York themselves, the Giants. Because being 6-1 and one is incredible, and you're like, wow, that's fantastic, but you're also in the same division as the Eagles. Yeah, it does. So, and Dallas. So it's a very right, it's a good division. division over there, which is shocking. Who would have suspected that? Everyone was saying that the AFC West was going to be the best division, and it turns out it's the NFC East. Right. I mean, and on the other side of the game, the Jags, Maybe they're showing what we all expected them to be this season. Like we said yeah. last week, maybe we overhyped them along with everybody else, but mm-hmm. overhyped them a little bit coming off their first couple weeks. They're kind of showing more and more every week. Like, come on, we're still the Jags. We're still the Jags. We're gonna lose. <laughs> we don't win games. Come on. <laughs> but they're showing more and more that like they're, they're not a good team. Right. But, I mean, they're improved from last year, but they still got to get more players and get everything going before, they're, before they make a turnaround like the Giants incredible to me yeah well before we yeah you can we can move to this game but how are you watching the game uh do you watch like do you have red zone or anything no all right i think i think we're gonna get you over you along with debbie and sue ellen over to my house on sunday you gotta get some some red some red zone action okay we got some red zone action in. you can witness me watching the panthers take sole first place in the AFC south yeah something like <laughs> that huh <laughs> wait um you flip the score the Packers did not win. Okay, so this score is wrong, but the uh, the Commanders and the Packers. There you go. <laughs> Nothing for a second. The Commanders. Mm-hmm. But Green Bay, man, you have a problem. Your number one wide receiver is Aaron Jones. <laughs> He's a running back. And he is a running back. Your number one player is Aaron Jones. Your offense is Aaron Jones. Your team is Aaron Jones. Which, don't get me wrong, I got him in fantasy, keep it up. (laughs) But that's not going to win you games. 
Washington, one of the worst teams in the league. And you just lost to Taylor Heineke, who's a backup quarterback for Washington. That pretty much sums up Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, your number one receiver is a running back, and your wide receiver one should be a wide receiver two anywhere else. 100%, maybe three. Maybe even three. So it's like, Green Bay, you have a wide receiver problem. Now, you were saying that Aaron Rodgers is washed. I don't think so. I don't think so yet, because he doesn't have any weapons. I do not care. Tom Brady, Tom star- Brady has weapons. He's washed. Tom Brady has people to throw to. Tom right. Brady's washed. Correct. Okay. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anyone. Okay. And who's, and do you think Patrick Mahomes has incredible weapons? He has Travis Kelsey and Juju, who would rather make TikToks than play football. But he's making them look like superstars because he's out here and he's making incredible plays with his legs. He's doing no lookers. He's throwing people yeah. open. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes isn't good. No, I'm I know. Saying, but I'm saying right. if Aaron Rodgers is this great quarterback... How come he can't do what Mahomes is doing with pretty even level talent? Because they're two different quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is like an escape art. He, Patrick Mahomes is what Aaron Rodgers was like eight years ago when Aaron Rodgers was still young and mobile. If you look at them, I think that they're very similar quarterbacks in which they would scramble. They would run with the intention of throwing the ball. That's what young Aaron Rodgers and what Patrick Mahomes is doing now. Now Aaron Rodgers is like 38. He can't run like he used to. Like, I think that if he attempted to, like, scramble for more than five yards, he'd turn to dust. So, like, he's an older guy. He can't run like he used to, so he has to throw the ball. That's just how it is. He has to turn into more of a pocket passer. And when you don't have people to throw to, you don't have people who get open, you can't do that. I mean, every now and then he's getting open guys, like, on a play, like, there'll be busted coverage, like, on a big play, like a fourth or third down. And he goes, and he just overshoots him. Talk, about, that? talk about busted coverage, Mike Evans. Oh, <laughs> But, like, he just overshoots them. Like, that's not the receiver's fault. Hit the dude. He's wide open. I know you like Aaron Rodgers. You picked him for your MVP this year. Not a good look. But you picked him for your MVP. I don't think it's his fault. I'm not blaming Aaron for that. Aaron Rodgers is washed. Him and Tom Brady should have retired, along with Russell Wilson. The three old guys should have retired. Matt Ryan should have retired. Matt Ryan is speaking of Matt Ryan. Look at that. We are so good. Matt Ryan. You know, we're going to. Flashback to last week. Austin said, "Oh yeah," and I quote, <laughs> "No, actually, and I don't quote. I don't know exactly the oh, words." I can he quote used. myself. Oh, okay. I'll quote you myself. Got this. You got this. Last week, I said, and I quote, "I quote myself." Matt Ryan has finally found that rhythm. <laughs> he has finally come back to be the quarterback that earned himself the name Matty Ice. Flash to today. Flash to today. They lost 10-19 to to the Titans. Matt Ryan threw, like, every interception possible. (laughs) And he sprained his shoulder. Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote. He definitely just feigned that injury. But he got benched. And the Colts were like, we were going to bench him regardless whether he... Yeah, that's what I was saying. They they said, they came out, like, I don't know, and said, like, yeah, he has a sprained shoulder. He's out for season. Like, with the sprained shoulder, but then they came. yeah, Baker okay. Mayfield played with two torn legs yeah, exactly like the whole year, and then and then like I don't know, fifteen minutes later they came out and said, regardless of the injury, <laughs> we were benching him, which is I mean, that's a terrible look, Matt Ryan. You should have retired. Four old heads who have been great in their careers, like four probably probably Hall of Famers. I mean, three guaranteed. Four. I mean, Matt Ryan, you can call him Hall of Famer. I think he is, but. And now all four of them are just 
one of some of the most bad quarterbacks in the league this year. Like should have retired. I mean, hopefully Sam Ellinger can find something with the Colts. I mean, spark their offense because they just can't do anything. Yeah, uh, I was really sorry that I picked the Colts. Yeah, as I watched this game unfold. I mean, the Titans played well. Yeah, I mean, they're they're Derrick Henry is their entire team. I mean, you want to talk about a player running your team, Titans, because their receivers non-existent. Ryan Tannehill not good. Their defense played great because they were playing Matt Ryan. Derrick Henry yeah. is right, great, and that's what. Going back to Green Bay really quick, that's what Green Bay should do because Aaron Jones only had like, I don't know, 78 yards or something. Like, he had like no yards on like zero attempts. Mm-hmm. And they have both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Yeah. So, like, that's honestly like the second best running back duo in the league. Yeah, no doubt. You should be able to run the ball a lot more, and they just aren't attempting to. Yeah, because so I think yeah. they believe, like, oh, we have Aaron Rodgers, this back to back MVP. We got to sling it. You can't sling it anymore i mean you can think it's not his weapons or that he's old either way fleeing is either clearly way, fleeing not, is working. not working right so you have to be like okay well let's start running and, and you have- do have two of the better you probably the second best running back duo in the league like you said aaron jones is that speed guy that catching out of the backfield and then aj Dillon can just bowl people over but i don't understand why they don't do that but yeah, yeah very similar to i mean the, the colts i guess you could say they're just they need to Switch it up. Yeah. The Titans figured it out. They, they did. figured it out three years ago when they're like, hey, we win games if we just give Derrick Henry the ball 80,000 times. Mm-hmm. I think the game that decided Derrick Henry, uh, the game when Derrick Henry had that 99-yard rushing touchdown against the Jags mm-hmm. on like Thursday night or whatever it was, once that happened, the, tit- or the, yeah, the Titans were like, holy crap, Like we have a really good running back. And then ever since then, he's, he's just been like, boom, greatest player in the league. I remember that year after that game, he scored, I don't know, like 30 something that night. And it was the end, it's towards the end of the season. And I looked at waivers and he was available because no one knew who he was. He wasn't anyone really great at the time. And so I was like, oh, I mean, I'll give him a shot. I pick him up and I started him because I had an injury. The next week he goes, he got like 28. And I was like, I'm starting this guy all season. I rode him all the way to the playoffs. I won the championship that, that year against Sue, against Sue Ellen by like point oh four points, but <laughs> but that's not important. But that's not important. I mean dubs. But Derrick Henry ever since then has decided like oh like I'm the greatest player in the league. I mean it's it's, it's funny. Go for it. Uh, this game probably predictable. I mean we both predicted it. Um, two teams. They have were, worst records in the league. Yeah, to both of them. Um, and the Raiders obviously won 38-20, um, as they should. Josh Jacobs, um, ran for a lot of yards. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of touchdowns. He played great. I mean, the tech, the Texans have a problem, not offensively, but defensively. Davis Mills is playing a lot better than what people would have expected him to play. I think that there's a... Holy crap. James Robinson just got traded to the Jets. James Robinson? Yeah. Just got traded to the Jets. Breaking news. Let's go. I've tried I got to get to that trade to Austin right now. Except trade right now. Meg was trying to trade me for the Jets backup running back. Well, that sucks. That's craziness. Wow. Well, we're going to talk about the Jets in a minute, so we'll just talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But well, Let me go accept a trade real quick. <laughs> Actually, 
already got. I already went through it. Ah, you suck, Sue. I'm through a CTN. Yes, so do I. Um, this sucks. <laughs> okay, so back to this game. We'll get to that in a minute. The, Davis Mills is playing a lot better than what people give him credit for. Like he threw for a lot of yards, and he's throwing to Brandon Cooks, and that's it. Yeah, I mean their offense is sustainable, but their defense giving up 38 points to a Raiders team who hasn't right. scored 38 anything close to 38 all year. So I think the Texans very good chance that they have a top three, top two pick, especially with you going to try to take the division. <laughs> but I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, obviously take a quarterback here. But I don't think they need to. I mean, Davis Mills is playing sustainable to the point where, like, they don't need a quarterback. They can take Will Anderson, uh, who's an edge rusher out of Alabama, who's projected to be, like, he's as high of a highly wanted prospect as Miles Garrett was coming out of college. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can be what Miles Garrett is, obviously I'd take him. Yeah. Like, Davis Mills can be that quarterback to sustain you. I mean, yeah, if you put up. 20 points, again, not a whole lot of weapons for him to throw to. And their offense is able to put up 20 points. Like, in most games, 20 points, like, is it going to win you games? Maybe not, but it's going to get you dang close. But if your defense gives up 38, like, there's nothing you can do about that. Right. I mean, his second leading points. receiver was a tight end who the only people who can name him is that person's mom, dad, grandma, and wife. And kids. Not even himself. He probably doesn't even know his own <laughs> name. He's like, hold on, I'm in the NFL. But, yeah, I mean, good job, Raiders. You're better than your record shows, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. We can move on to the next one. Bro, guess what they gave for uh, James Robinson? We'll get there. We'll talk about that when we get to that game. Oh, well, we are here. Here we are. <laughs> A conditional sixth-round pick. I mean, James Robinson was the backup for Travis Etienne. Okay, so back to this game. <laughs> Jets versus Jets versus Broncos. You know, we're just like ESPN. We're breaking the news on here. Breaking Although it's not news. breaking, yeah, it's going to be old news by yeah, the time that's, this comes that's, out. That's true, I guess. Man, we should have done life. Should have done life. But that would have been really cool. But Jets versus Broncos. Broncos have looked dysfunctional all season with Russell Wilson, who was supposed to be their savior, as they paid him like two hundred seventy-two million dollars, which was two hundred seventy-two million dollars too much. Yep. But thankfully for the Broncos, they didn't start him. They started Brent Rippin. But unfortunately for Broncos fans, he didn't look much better than Russell Wilson. Shocker. Because he is a nobody. And the Jets' defense is great. I mean, their defense, Sauce Gardner, great corner. Their yeah. offense looks incredible. I mean, they didn't blow him out by any means, but they did what they had to do to win. And just like the Giants, somehow they are five and two. That's right. Yeah, that is like sure. I've seen the Giants in the playoffs once in my life. I've never seen the Giant or the Jets within three games of five hundred in my life. This is the weirdest thing ever. Robert Sala also up there for Coach of the Year. Yeah, again, like you said, no idea how the Jets are doing as well as they are. Don't know. Yeah. Cannot be there. But I think the storyline of the game, unfortunately, is the Jets superstar breakout running back, rookie running back, Torres ACL. Yeah. Brees Hall. He was having an amazing season and he's just a really like I mean, like a likable like I don't feel like like he's a likable guy. I mean, the Jets have no reason to hate the Jets. They've never been good. Right. And now this guy's coming and he's like leading their team to an incredible record. And then he goes Incredible rookie season so far, and then he tears his ACL. But 
as we did just break the news, they traded James Robinson, who was part of the dual threat running back committee in Jacksonville. Yeah. So now Travis Etienne will be the, the main dude there, which is awesome. Thank you. And uh, James Robinson will slot in and be the starter easily for the Jets. So, I mean, yeah, it's a drop-off probably from Brees Hall to James Robinson, but, I mean, it's sustainable. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, not much more to add. Broncos, you need to figure something out, man. You Seriously. Guys suck. And I really had high hopes for you at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you picked on the winded division. Yeah, Caden, you don't have to remind me every <laughs> week, man. Every week, you okay, at the end of, of the season, we're going to go back and look at how how wrong, incredibly we were. wrong, we both were for all of these games. But we picked the Niners to win their division, and they got and so CMC far, now. it's looking good. But we haven't got to that game yet. But that's true. That but yeah, I think it's next. Yeah, probably. All right, next game. Sorry, I'm <laughs> my mouse. Oh, no, dude, we're just we're just so good point, at picking these next games. Point. All right, you can talk about this. All right, um. So Kansas City at 49ers. Uh, they kind of blew them out of the water. They shellacked them. 44-23. Um, yeah, like Kansas City is just fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, they are on pace to have more explosive plays this year than they did last year, which is Kind of ridiculous because you think, what? Who did they have last year? <laughs> oh, only the fastest guy in the NFL, Harry Kill, who was just cooking corners and safeties like it was his job. And they're on pace to have more explosive plays this year than last. Just insane. They somehow got better without Tyree Kill. Don't know how you get rid of Tyree Kill and get better, but they've managed a way. Andy Reid is an offensive genius and a genius coach just all around. Um, 49ers. Didn't play terribly as like a team. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo should be a backup. He threw a couple really bad picks <laughs> in the red zone. Yeah, in the red zone. But I mean, it wouldn't have saved him. The Chiefs had their number the whole game. Yeah, and I think I mean I think you hit it on the head. McCaffrey did play a he little did. bit of this game. Yeah. He played well in the few snaps that he did play. But I mean, obviously that's not enough to overcome an offense like the Chiefs. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the best team in the league. Maybe behind the bills for a reason, right? Guess how many yards per play the Chiefs had in this game. I'm gonna say twenty. Twenty yards per play. No, that's way too much. Eight. It's close. It was nine point one yards per play. <laughs> I imagine it was twenty. That'd have been <laughs> twenty yards per play. <laughs> Goodness. I was man. thinking like passing plays, but then you got to count like incompletions and. Right. Run, runs for like one yard. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Caden's got high expectations for teams, man. Caden's only impressed with you if you do 20 yards of play. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, no offense is good enough. This game, what a prediction for me. Let's go. I'm pretty Fist sure. For that. I'm pretty sure a lot of people could have. Oh, that was the worst. Ever. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't watch on the YouTube. Don't watch that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people predicted this one as well. You didn't, and that's what matters in my eyes. Uh, Seahawks continue to put together one of the greatest offensive performances I've ever seen from a quarterback that I didn't know was in the league up until the beginning of this year. So good job, Pete Carroll, for being 
a quarterback guru. Like, honestly, he's looking like he was the reason Russell Wilson even had a career. Uh-huh. Um, last night during this game, my dad was like, oh, speaking of. Yeah, great segue. Look, look at this. Look at me. So good. Okay. Speaking of, there was an auction at, did I say it? Yeah. At Evermore Community Church. Name drop. Not that we go there. Don't find us. <laughs> We're too famous. Or do, or do go there. <laughs> but yeah, there was an uh, auction there, and something that was auctioned off was a guest feature for an episode of uh, a Pickums episode for Knit for a podcast. And the auction was going, and me and Austin were not expecting like much at all. And the money obviously goes to the church. Like we got nothing out of this. It was just, I mean, doing this like help the church get more money. Right. And then we were expecting maybe, what, 50, 70, like nothing close at all. And then Keith, Debbie is like, hey, this could go for a lot. You guys don't know. It's going, and the bidding's going, and the bidding's going, and the bidding's going. We're like, and a pretty decent amount of money was paid for the bid. Yeah. Just, I was wondering if you were going to give a, a no, number drop there, and I was like, I was going to do it. Debbie told me but, not to, so. Yeah. It was a decent amount of money. We'll just say that, but. So now in a couple, either this week, Pickums, or next week's, sometime in the very distant near very future. Near future. Yeah, in the very, not distant. In the <laughs> very near future, my dad will be on the podcast doing a guest Pickums episode with us. So that should be a lot of fun. It'll be exciting. Yeah. If he's anything like you, it's going to be wild takes. <laughs> but back to what we were saying. My dad said, I wonder if Russell Wilson was the Seahawks problem. The last couple of years, they haven't been dominant. I mean, they've yeah. been all right, but they get rid of him, and now they're incredible. And he goes to Denver, and now they're terrible. Yeah, I think what really is the unsung hero of the Seahawks' offense is their run game. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are just more surprised that Geno Smith is actually a competent quarterback, and they're not looking at the fact that the Seahawks like are running the ball really, really well. Which is, I think, exactly what Pete Carroll wants to do. Like, you look at the year that they won the Super Bowl and the year that they then went back to the Super Bowl, and the only reason they were good for those years was Russell Wilson playing good. Yeah, but like Marshawn Lynch was just running the ball down everyone's throat. And their defense. And their defense was electric. And now their defense is actually pretty good. Like, it's not fantastic, but it's a solid defense. And they're running the ball really well. And Geno Smith is able to sling the rock. Like, who would have guessed? And then on the other side of the ball is Chargers. I personally, Sorry, Justin Herbert. Right, I personally, back when in week two when Justin Herbert got crushed and he cracked mm-hmm. a couple ribs, I don't think he's fully healed. He's got to be injured. That's my take on it. He can't be fully healthy and he's playing as bad as he is. So I think, I mean, they're going into a bye this week, which is great for the Chargers. Give him some time to like recover, get back to full strength, and then he'll be fine. Yeah. I think he's dealing with a and cracked ribs. I like to see you throw with cracked ribs. I mean, right. But I think that the Chargers will be fine. He'll get healthy and they can pick it up. But if not, they got to start worrying because the AFC is too good to just lose these games. Yeah. And this was the uh, Sunday night game. Tua did not get injured. The Tua, NFL is still a league. The NFL is still a thing. Tua did not get rocked. That is all great news. Um, you know, I was given very, very specific instructions 
by Debbie not to bring it up and not let you bring it up and not let you rub it in anyone's face. I forgot about this, but I wasn't going to bring it up. But, but Debbie is not here. Now, Debbie does reserve the power to edit the episode and cut this part out, but nah, it's good content. Debbie made a bet with you yesterday that Aaron Rodgers would outscore Tua in fantasy. I said, there's zero chance that Tua doesn't score more than Rodgers. Rodgers is washed. Which, I mean, whatever you want to think. And he's like, dude. He goes, Tua's coming off a concussion. He's going to come out here and he's going to be looking and he's not going to know who's who. And he's going to get hit once and then he's going to be out of the game for the rest of his life. And I'm like, okay. And so he goes, $5 on it. And I was like, okay. And so we do it. I mean, granted, he only outscored him by like 0.4. Yeah, he did. He barely outscored Rodgers. So he outscored him, and I am $5 richer. As you can tell by my $5 right here. Thank you, Debbie. But Yeah, Tua barely outscored Rodgers, which is insane to me. And he almost threw a pick right at the end, which Dude. would have anged you. Like, that would have been hilarious. There's a pick right at the end. That score goes down. You owe Debbie $5. Would have been hilarious. But in the end, back to the game. <laughs> in the bar, back a lot of that today. <laughs> anyway, back to this. <laughs> um... Dolphins won uh, 16 to 10. Shockingly, zero scoring was done in the second half. Yeah. This was the score at halftime. This is the score at the end of the game. Nothing happened between halftime and the end of the game. I mean, Tua came out right at, right at the start of the game. He just looked like concussion. What's that? I, I had never a, heard I, of it. I had a concussion. I don't remember that. <laughs> he probably doesn't. He's like, pew, pew. completion, completion, com- touchdown. Like, he was insane. I was like, he he's picked up right where he left off, he got and then it got to halftime. And it's like, oh, I mean, they did enough to win the game. Right. But they didn't play great at any stretch. The the Steelers should have had like five interceptions. They dropped mm, so yeah. many, and then Kenny Pickett threw three, and the Dolphins fortunately picked them. I mean, right? But I mean, there was a couple times when Tua would run the ball. There was especially one time when they were right at the goal line. He ran the ball. And he like lowered his shoulder. I saw and he, that. Like, got he initiated con- the he contact. He initiated the contact, but like they both kind of like got blown up. And when he hit the ground, um, Chris Collinsworth like lost his mind. He's like, "Oh my goodness, he can't do that!" Like, like he clearly thought that Tua was just gonna have a like a seizure on the field and die. Again. Which is like, it, I was like, "Oh no!" Like if he's hurt, the NFL is done. But thankfully, he got up and was hyped, and they won. Yeah. But I saw. I mean, I didn't see. I mean, it's a fact. The Dolphins are 4-0 when Tua doesn't die. It's true. When Tua is alive. When Tua is alive and plays, <laughs> they are 4-0, which is, I mean, who knows? If Tua plays so far, like the whole season so far, we could have two undefeated teams. I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Unfortunately, we won't know. Never know. So, that was all the games that right. happened so far. There's obviously yeah, there's the Monday the game night game. tonight, which night. we need... Um, Mac Jones and Ramondre Stevenson and Patriots defense to, you know, not do good if I want to win in fantasy, which I need David Montgomery to outscore Ramondre Stevenson by two points. I unfortunately, David Montgomery is not good and that won't happen. I, I can dream. I can dream. If that happens, I win all three leagues again. Goes crazy. But yeah, do we see the picks, correctnesses, and stuff? <laughs> the correctness is this is allegedly the laptop spazzing. Right. Well, I mean, we know I got nine 
picks correct this week while well, you got eight. So I'm right. I moved up one on you. Yeah, I think I lead by 13 or 14 picks. So, I mean, you did get a lot of correct games this week, but I did, I did as well. I didn't fall further behind. Right. I mean, yes, you did. Well, I did, but not as much. Yeah. Not as much as I have been. But yeah, it was, it was a fun week. I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to next week. There's something for Panthers fans to really look forward to now. So, thank you for listening to this episode of KNA Football. It was a lot of fun, and we'll see you next week.